Events bring us together, inspire us, and provide us with lasting memories. But trying to run an event agency while creating these special moments can be difficult, demanding, and sometimes even dreadful, especially if you're trying to do it on your own. So the question is, how do we create wow factors for our attendees while delivering top-notch client events, all while running a profitable business? These are the questions, and I'm here to give you the answers. I'm Chrissy Thompson, and welcome to the Event Agency Secrets Podcast. All right, and welcome back to the Event Agency Secrets Podcast. Today on the show, we have Cindy Novotny. Cindy is an international keynote speaker, an executive facilitator, an author, um, and she's a managing partner at Master Connections Associates based in Orange County, California, not too far from me in Los Angeles. Um, and Cindy's a true icon in the hospitality industry. She has trained thousands of hospitality professionals all over the world in sales, customer service, ex excellence, and leadership. And today we're very, very lucky to have her join us in our community. Um, we've been really lucky to work with Cindy in-house at our company um, on mastering the sales process at Dynamo Events. Um, but we're gonna kind of go through that today on the podcast. So welcome, Cindy. Thank you. I love being with you. This is, I love it, Chrissy. I think it's fabulous. And what a great, um, what a great thing you've done for everybody getting into this business. Thanks so much, Cindy. I appreciate it. Um, so we're we're definitely going to dig in today. We're going to go through sort of your top tips for mastering the corporate event sales process, kind of at each stage of the process. But right. before we do, just for our listeners who might not know you yet, obviously I've shared a lot of your accolades, but why don't you give just a little bit more background on how you got into the industry originally and sort of what you're focused on today? Okay. So I started in this industry a very long time ago in Chicago. And, you know, after I got out of school, I worked uh, for a gentleman that owned private key clubs, the Gaslight Clubs, the Chateau Louise. And I did that in summers during college. And then when I got out, uh, I guess, you know, I should have gone, got a job at IBM or something, but I was so like in love with hospitality, even though I didn't even understand that there was a, you could get a career in that. Like I now am helping people all over the world and teaching at different schools. But back then it was just, I kind of fell into it. So I basically did all the events for the private clubs. They had them in New York, St. Louis, Chicago, and I ran all the events. So that would be more on the in-house catering, you know, party side. Then we took it on tour and I laughed because I sit in my, my conference room here in, in California and there's a huge sign that says, let Cindy do it, planning a party from 10 to 10,000, let Cindy do it. And it was back then that it's how it started. And then I went out on my own and I started my own meeting planning company working, doing corporate. I sold... I went after all these uh, corporate companies that I'd worked for within the, the restaurant. And I built this incredible company called Master Plans, which is still in business in Chicago. Uh, and literally I sold that and I got married and moved and went into the hotel industry. And now, uh, you know, fast forward all these years, I was a director of sales and marketing, director of catering, worked uh, both on the food and beverage side as well as the event side. And now here I am today. Amazing. What a crazy journey you've been on is so interesting. And hopefully we'll get to hear more about that later in the podcast too. For now, let's start with digging into um, kind of all you have worked on over the years, which is uh, training on the sales process. I know you have other focuses too, but today we're going to focus on sales. So let's talk about, you know, when we're corporate event planning business owners, that's most of our audience, when we're trying to drum up new business, what are your top tips for prospecting? Okay. Well, today my friends, my <laughs> Facebook friends, it is, you're in a very good situation because the pandemic as awful as it 
was, and I'm over it now. So I say was, Mm -hmm. it did open up for many people that got furloughed, maybe laid off from their job as being an in-house corporate planner. It did open up kind of the gates to allow people to be very entrepreneurial and be very creative. And the ones that I coached, I coached a lot of meeting planners that were corporate uh, you know, in in inside a company, corporate meeting planners, and they were let go because there was just no meeting. So it had nothing to do with who they were. But when there's no meetings, like, hello, we can't pay you. So it was a really good time for people that like all of you that maybe you've been in the business or you were furloughed to go out and provide a service. And I think this is where you really, really need to understand that you can't just start a business, especially a service creative business and not sell. You have to prospect. You have to hunt for new business, period, end of conversation. Mm -hmm. And when I hear people, well, you know, I'm just very creative and I don't really, I've got a lot of referrals. Guess what? They die up, customers come and go. So without doubt, you have to always be looking for new people, always. The first step in growing anybody's business is honestly to look at how you position yourself in front of everyone, LinkedIn, social media, Facebook, Instagram. This is not just for, hi, what did I have for dinner last night? This is about a platform to build business, just like you're doing right now. You know, Chrissy, you've got, this is a business platform on Facebook. So one of the things we learned during the last two years of COVID is that the more present you were, the more successful you are right now. The less present you were, the more nobody even remembers your name because that's how fast things come and go. So I always say you need to do 100 touch points a week. That's proactive touch points. Now, that's not just picking up the phone and calling random people. That is honestly saying, okay, I get a referral from Chrissy. I mean, you had me, you know, you met a, a gentleman, you connected, I called him, I then met him for coffee right away. I never turned down anything, any opportunity. So you follow up, you follow up up on every LinkedIn message, every Facebook comment, you follow up. Those are warm follow-ups. But a hundred touch points a week means that's a touch point, that's a touch point, that's a touch point. You put articles out that show, you know, your creativity or show the fact that you actually can save anybody time, energy, even money, because although they're going to pay for you, you're smart and you know what to do and you can run a seamless corporate event versus they just turn it over to an executive assistant. And there's nothing wrong with an executive assistant, but many of them got thrown into that during COVID. They Mm. weren't, they weren't doing that job. And so they don't understand a lot of the the hidden charges and they don't understand the billing. And, and especially if you're doing a a big show, you know, a a big commerce show or tech show in Vegas, the union and what to do and what not to do. So the more you put those touch points out there, that Mm -hmm. begins prospecting every day, regardless of how crazy you are busy, you block out one hour a day, one hour. Take 60 minutes, my friends. Most of you listening probably don't miss your Pilates or don't miss orange therapy or don't miss your Peloton. And then it's like, I, I, I laugh and I say, Come <laughs> on, guys, give me one bloody hour, one, one hour. And that one hour is where you dedicate to make sure you're posting some insight on social media, insight. Then, then you, mm. you follow up on a few calls, but nothing gets in that hour. And this is the problem. It's time blocking that no one does. And the more creative you are, the more disciplined you have to be at this because mm-hmm. an email comes in, a call, a call comes in, a client, and you're like, and then all of a sudden you go back and it's like, oh, now it's like three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Okay. 
That's step number one. Step number two is when you reach out to people, you have to ask open-ended questions. I know you've got mm. a lot to say. I know that, you know, and Chrissy, I worked with you and their team and you were so bright and brilliant to have your team go through all this because we practice the role plays. I mean, remember, and, mm. and it doesn't matter how long you've been doing it, the better you get at those open-ended questions, let the customer talk. Don't give multiple choice questions. So are you thinking about setting everything up classroom or would it be better theater? No, no, no. How are you thinking about setting this event up for, yep. the, for the actual meeting, whatever, you know, for the theme party, are you thinking more of a, more of a corporate look formal or something really fun and whimsical? No, no. Just say, give Let me a talk. vision of what you think that the gala should look like the dinner should look like for this event. How do you think the trade show could be more interactive? What could we do differently? Let them talk. Now, there are times that you're going to have people that go, that's why I'm hiring you. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Now I got a white, clean slate of paper here and I can say, all right, but let me then ask you, if you had like totally free, forget money and you could have your dream, what would it look like? Just give me something because the minute I give you something, you'll hear, mm, I don't know if I like that. Yep. So I don't want to go there. So the more you ask those open-ended questions, step two, step three is then you ask, ask, and the, after you ask all those questions, then you start to sell some of your ideas. Yep. Do not ask, sell, ask, sell. So why would they use you? I'm Cindy Novotny, meeting planner associates, right? They have me to look at. They have somebody else that looks at, you know, you've got a lot of competition out there now. You've got the conference directs that are out there. You've got all these people that are competing in our space, right? That are doing site selection and now full meeting planning. And they they were forced to do some of that because of, of COVID. Mm -hmm. Many people in the hospitality industry that were laid off are, are really sharp and they just hung a shingle. Well, for yep. all of you and specifically talking to you, Chrissy, because I know your background, you are a significant planner with a lot of of background and you know what to do and you've put on huge trade shows and huge events and product launches. So there's a difference between I was the person booking the business and you're the person planning. So when you are selling yourself, you have, because remember first you prospect, look, second, mm -hmm. you ask open-end questions, third, you're going to sell. So part of the selling is selling you. So I would ask every one of you to make a list of what are your observable differences. So mm -hmm. at Dynamo events, what, what is, and I'm not making you answer this. I mean, I, I worked with your team, but we did this. What sets Dynamo events or what sets Cindy Novotny and Associates apart from everybody else? And if you don't have one or two or three of those, you are in deep trouble. Because if we just live in this world of everybody's copying everybody, everybody's doing the same thing, even we're friends in this business. And I know that, you know, you're friends. We go to the same trade shows. We've got all of us on Facebook Live right now. We're buddies, okay? We're sharing our expertise. But at some point, maybe we compete. We don't throw mud. We don't slam people. We give observable differences and you have to know what those are. So after you ask all those questions, you're selling two things. One is you're selling yourself, your company. And two is you're selling your ideas of what you're going to do for this event. Mm -hmm. Then step yep. four is that you have to be able to then send them something because this doesn't just happen like, oh, got it. Let's go. You know, there are some people that got referred to you. They're an inquiry. You, you ask a lot of questions and they just want to book. That's fair enough. They, that's good. That wasn't a tough one. You're not up against anybody. Book it. But 
the fourth Let's go for step, the tough ones. Let's yeah. Let's go for the tough ones. <laughs> the fourth step is once I chat with you, I ask you all these questions. I take copious notes. Mm. I then tell you a little bit about me. Step three, right while I have you live on the phone. And then I say, so Chrissy, when do you need your proposal? Now everybody is living in, we're all taking it with a fire hose. If I hear it once, I hear it a hundred times. We're just overwhelmed, we're overwhelmed, <laughs> we're overwhelmed. And I say, just stop, okay? Because in 2020, we were all crying, okay? So right now, <laughs> no one's overwhelmed, everybody's excited. So what we do is we then say, if I was talking to you, Chrissy, and you're the client, I'd say, all right, Chrissy, when do you need the proposal? A lot of people are gonna say immediately. I needed it yesterday, actually. So I always relax and let's bring a little levity to this. We're planning events, right? I'll say, well, since yesterday's over, what based on today, if I have it to you by the end of my day, California time, so you're all in different time zones, but I'm buying myself three hours if they're in New York, right? Mm -hmm. California time. Can I set a phone appointment? This is, this is the most important thing, step four, a phone appointment to talk to you about my proposal. And I'd like to do it for Friday because I'm sending it to you today. I'll have it to you by the end of the day. If we could set a phone appointment for midday Friday, will that work? Now, a couple things happen here that everyone needs to understand. One is the client is going to say, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm actually, I'm leaving tomorrow. I forgot. Okay. Because they're all like, uh, how about if, um, have it to me by Wednesday and we can talk on Friday of mm. the following week. Mm -hmm. And you just bought yourself about four days. Yep. We cannot just send out this form letter, this, this transactional looking, no creativity. We have to be able to buy ourselves some time. Yep. So when you do that, you actually have, have backed it up a little bit, but you will get the customer that says, okay, I still need it by the end of your day. The key is the phone appointment, everyone. If okay. you ever send a proposal from this day forward and you don't ask for a phone appointment, you are hoping you just win based on your good looks or your proposal <laughs> or whatever it is you have, because this is where they just look at price. Yep. Because your proposal comes in, their proposal comes in. I want them to be, I want to walk them through my proposal. So the phone appointment. Now, when you get them on the phone, that's where the real selling begins. And that's where you go through the proposal. You continue to share your observable differences. This is what we do for you. This is our, you know, our commitment to you. This is how we are with you through the whole planning, through the event, on and on. Now, the next step is that you will have to always ask for the business. Never ask for that sale. Ask for that sale. And there's so many people that are in our industry that are just kumbaya, like, okay, well, thank you. I mean, I, I really want to work with you. I hope you love everything, our ideas. Okay, no, I went to a lot of work. I put together a proposal and I am absolutely going to ask you, so can we go ahead and move forward? You're going to get a yes or a no or a maybe. I don't care what I get. If I get a yes, hallelujah. If I get a maybe, I'm going to ask some more questions. So where are we off here? If I get a flat out no, I'm going to say, all right, I clearly missed the boat on something. Let's be yep. authentic and genuine. Okay. Where did I miss? What did I miss? Mm. And ask them the questions. What, what did I miss? Okay. Then you, you actually have to dig in and, and overcome that objection. You can't just say, okay, well, I'm, I, I'll stay in touch. You got to keep going for it until they say, I actually can't stand one thing you did. Don't ever call me again. Okay. <laughs> And, and that never is going to happen if you do everything <laughs> right, right? Right. So that's kind of the step-by-step -step process. Amazing. Thank you so much for walking us through that framework. Just to recap it for everybody, basically we're 
prospecting at first, we are doing those hundred touch points per week. And like you said, that is a mixture of actually outbound calls, reaching out to warm, even cold leads, um, but also sharing our insights on social media, writing articles, those all count as touch points. Um, and the really big thing you put in there that I think a lot of our listeners really need to hear is that one hour block per day. And it doesn't have to be the same time per day. Like people get right. really hung up on that. Like, oh, I have different calls at different times scheduled with clients. That's fine. Just put an hour on your calendar and shift it around as needed, depending on, depending on what your week actually looks like um, to really make sure that you are just continuously Correct. building those relationships and getting those touch points in. So that was step one. Step two is getting on the call, asking the open-ended questions, such a great one. And yeah, it was, it was awesome um, going through our role-playing with our team, with you, doing those open-ended questions really kind of forced us to get in the habit of doing that. And then next you're gonna be selling. So um, basically those observable differences, which yeah, for us, we were calling ourselves the event agencies for the event agency for tech for a long time, which was really a big like differentiator for us. And we could speak to why, you know, our experience in the tech world was gonna be helpful to our clients and all of that. Um, and then you're, when you're doing your proposal, um, you're really putting together that proposal in a very uh, strategic amount of time. You're asking for the phone appointment. I think so many people miss that, right? The asking right. for the phone appointment to follow up, but that itself is gonna be a differentiator for you. Right. Just the fact that you ask for the phone appointment because not everyone does it, is gonna help set you apart, right? Exactly. And show, show the level of commitment that you have to this prospect. Um, and then on the phone, phone appointment, you have to ask for the sale. You gotta do it. You can't just say, okay, well, let me know if you have any questions. You have to ask yeah. for that sale. You have to ask. And I think back to your point about the one hour time blocking, because I'm a fanatic on this. Yeah. My calendar, if you look at it, you know, I flew in last night from the East Coast. I was in Connecticut, you know, got in at like 10. I This is on my calendar. I still block out my one hour, but my calendar is going from this time with you right into another call, another call. You block out your time the night before. So mm -hmm. what I do is I look at my calendar. I pull it up. For me, I did it on the plane because my calendar is open to all my account managers. So they're booking things that I'm not even in charge of. So I find that one hour. Now my one hour might be at the end of today from four to five. It's fine because I'm still reaching out. I'm still going to post something. I'm still going to share an article on LinkedIn. I'm going to follow up. I'm going to do something. And that is really what makes this so different than like you said, oh, from nine to 10 is my hour of power, my power hour. Like, stop. <laughs> it can't be nine to 10, but it's got to be every day. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, this is a good reminder for me too, Cindy. I appreciate okay. you like continuing to hammer this home because I got to make sure I'm doing that too. Good. Okay. So this is great. We follow this framework. We all of a sudden we close all these deals because we have this amazing framework for it and we have our observable differences. We have all this value to bring. Okay, now let's move into once we have all this work, um, you know, the event planning industry is sort of notorious for having a really sort of crazy lifestyle. You might be on the road a lot, working weekends, um, a lot of really long hours and kind of going through seasons of, you know, being really busy versus especially for corporate and, you know, in the spring and the fall, and then maybe the summer and the winter are a little bit lighter. Um, so you actually wrote the book living, living with no balance and loving it. So I would yes. be remiss to only focus on the sales process today and not ask you to share sort of your insights on that and how we can really be, you know, thinking about how to approach our lives with, without balance. Okay. So I live that crazy life too. And I've lived it forever. I pulled my daughter. I started in this industry when my daughter was born. 
And I pulled her out of, you know, she was with me the whole time for the first five years. I took a nanny with me. She traveled on the road. I was all over the world. Then mm. the moment she went into kindergarten, I actually pulled her out of school one week a month and I took her on the road with me. And she did that till she graduated from high school and went to college. Okay. You, my definition of balance is my definition. Your definition is yours. Everybody has to first understand what balance looks like. So when you look at your life and I, if to put me in a corporate office, to, to go back as a director of marketing and be in the same office every day, every day, commuting on that four or five. I mean, you know, you live in LA. Are you kidding? I'm in Orange <laughs> County. I'd rather fly all the way to Singapore than drive to LA every day. Right. So Agreed. for me, that's my balance. All right. I love to be on the road. I love some, dealing with different people every day. So you write down, why are you in this business anyway? Because you could, you could be a corporate planner and only work in the city, just doing their in-house meetings. And just like in a law firm, I, I work with a, a ton of people because I do a lot of training in law firms and their corporate planners are just, they travel a little bit, but mostly they're in their headquarter office in Atlanta, Georgia, making sure all the events that go off, all the client events, and that's it, right? Mm -hmm. When you're an independent planner and mm -hmm. you've got your business, you are like exposed to so much, to so many different industries. So it gives you, if you like the thrill of, of change and meeting people, that's number one, but you absolutely cannot complain about the fact that you travel all the time. And I, I tell people every day, cause I'm on the road speaking. Uh, I've literally flown 10 million miles. So I love, I, I always say, I love the smell of jet fuel in the morning. I can fall <laughs> asleep, whether I'm in business class, whether I'm in coach, whether I'm sitting in a tiny little commuter plane, you know? So one of the things I refuse to say, and my whole team doesn't say it either, is we're never burnt out. I will not accept burnt out. I will accept I'm a little tired. You know, you didn't get in until two in the morning. I worked, you know, I myself have been on the road for two weeks. I just got home today or last night from two weeks of travel. I Easter, I celebrate Easter. Doesn't matter. I got booked flying to Connecticut on Easter Sunday. So I just took my little peeps and ate them on the plane, you know, pretending <laughs> I was having a little Easter basket. So the idea is that, if you, if you embrace what you love, you have balance. If you don't, and you don't plan for it. So now let's look at people with little kids, marriages. That's another thing. If you come home from every trip exhausted and, oh my God, I can't believe it. What do you think your family thinks? Why don't you quit this? Why do you do this? If you make it fun, as kids get older, you need to take them on the road with you occasionally. Mm. And you might be thinking, oh my God, that's nuts. No, you use all your miles. You take your kids, you take a nanny with you or somebody you know that lives in that city gets you a babysitter that they know because hello, we know everybody in every city, right? And you let them go with you. And as they get older, when they're tiny, then you go and see them at lunch and they go out on walks and go to the park with whoever, the, but they're right there around you. But as they get older and they're eight, nine, and I'm not kidding, Jesse was already with me in the classroom, like seven, eight, nine, not the whole day. She'd go down and help me set things up. I'd meet her at lunch. And she always called it monuments by midnight because she never got to see a city during the day. She always saw it like at night, right? When, and this isn't, you don't have to do it one week a month like I did it. But once, like, even if you did it four times a year with your kids, your husband, your spouse, your partner, whoever you share a life with, okay? I mean, I laugh because people take their dogs everywhere. I'm like, I'm planes <laughs> and I'm like, they all have their dogs. But think about it. If you say to your husband, like, like meet me, I'm going to be in Chicago all week. You're here in LA. 
why don't we just meet for the weekend in Chicago instead of me flying home because then I'm going on to New York the following week. That's fun. And, and in, if you don't embrace that, because there are people that would love to see the world like we're all seeing it and travel mm-hmm. and stay in these unbelievable hotels and dine and have great times. And they'd have to, we're not paying for that because we're working for a client. Now, yeah. my spouse comes or my daughter or something like that, I'm paying, they stay in my room, but I'm paying for their dinner and all, but it's fun. So I think you have to, everyone listening has to take a step back, look in the mirror. Mm. And they have to make a list. And I always say this, make a list of the most, like the most important things, family, you know, uh, career, re- church, uh, you know, par- elderly parents, um, neighbors, kids, whatever, health, working out, fitness, make a list of all the things that are important in your life. And then look at where you're not spending enough time in that area yeah. And decide how you're going to do it. Like for me, I mean, I, I would write fitness on there just because I think you're supposed to, but <laughs> I actually, I, I just, I can't get up and I already get up at 6am, but, and I'm in the classroom at seven. I just can't get up at five, but Mary Hannah for my team, who is young and vibrant and works out. She runs every day, like five miles. I mean, she gets up at 5am. She goes to, and she w- literally runs and does weights and she's back in the room at six takes her shower. She meets me in the classroom and she does it. Now I walk. So I purposely make sure I get in my 10,000 steps. So you see what I mean? You, yeah. I'm not going to get up. I'm not because she said, get up at five. I'm like, I can't do it. Yeah. So it's all just about creating clarity for yourself about what these priorities for are, what your priorities Correct. are, where you maybe are like really mapping it out. Like give yourself a rating in each one of those categories, like yes. one to 10, how am I doing in terms of each one of these areas? And then what changes am I going to make in order to, you know, start beefing up the areas that are maybe a little bit under. Yeah. So. And let me say one more thing, make sure when you are present with family, with spouses, partners, kids, the phone bloody goes away for at least nobody cares for one hour. Cause I yeah. get it. I'm also 24 seven, but I sit down to have dinner cause I do it in a restaurant. So I do it at home. And for one hour, I am totally present in that conversation, friends, family. If you just that, that's how you start to engage. The reason people get stressed out is they mm-hmm. go all one way and they don't balance it out. Yep. Makes so much sense. So much of what you just talked about right there just really has to do so much with mindset and perspective too. I mean, you're just making a choice about how you view your life. Like, am I going to view this as something that's burning me out by being on the road all the time? Or am I going to view this as an opportunity that many people across the world would love to have? And it's the same experience day to day, but it's truly just the mindset and the energy that you're bringing to that day. That's going to be the difference maker in how fulfilled you feel in your life and how successful you are in your business. Correct. It's, it's really going to, it's going to cut. I mean, you're, you're going to, you're going to close shop if you don't get, you know, that mindset yes. stuff yes. under control. It's the, it's the difference maker between those who, you know, are going to continue to have success and those who aren't going to make it. Right. So Just think of a store. If you work in a store, it says open and then you get closed, right? We're open and we're just <laughs> open. And so to be open that much, you have to set not, not boundaries as much as the blocking of the time. Mm, yeah, so good. So this has been great. I'm curious to know sort of like what's next for you in your world, Cindy, what, you know, what's on the horizon? 
So, well, we, I mean, business is incredibly busy. And for those of you that don't know me, about 60% of our business is hospitality. We work with event companies, hotels, private aviation, um, but 40% is corporate. So we work with a lot of real estate companies and, and, and bankers and tech. We do some things in tech, all on sales, leadership, and service. So I do a lot of keynote speaking. So what we are doing now is we have so much we have so much business and we're bringing everybody's back to work. Everybody's traveling and, and very busy. But one of the things that we're really doing is looking at um, how we can continue to elevate even all of our e-learning. We've got people that want to do, we don't want to do Zoom classes and nobody wants to do those anymore. It's different than this is a fun Facebook live engagement, but to do a four day class, you know, is not fun. And, yeah. and obviously as a planner, you want people out there doing that. But I think what for me is it's going to be a lot more of doing keynotes. Um, I'm, I've got great people on my team that are managing our trainers and training our new ones and really, you know, continuing just to elevate. I'm doing a lot with kids that are young coming out of high school that instead of they don't want to go to college and I'm trying to convince them to go into the hospitality industry that there's a lot of you know a lot of money to be made because they they think about being a plumber or something if they don't want to go to school well why not go into the hospitality so I'm doing a lot of that just kind of uh, locally and, and dealing with chambers and trying to help people see because we lost a lot of people with the mm. hospitality, you know, reset with the great resignation. So I'm trying to find people in our industry, people for our industry that are, that never thought of it before. I love that. And you already have a book that we talked about, but I think you have a second book coming, right? Is yes. that out it's, yet or coming soon? Not yet. It's, okay. I mean, this, what happened, we thought that it's almost done. And I love saying that, but it's my secret to stamina. And because no one can believe I have so much energy and so much stamina and I just keep going. We were almost done. We thought because of COVID that would give me all the time. Well, the problem was I did this. I did 650 webinars in 2020. Oh my I, goodness. In 2021, I traveled and did as many webinars. So like I, people thought, oh, you can just step back. There wasn't, I, we just kept going. Nope. <laughs> so we're almost, we're, we're at the editor type of point where they're now looking at it. And because I write, like I talk, so they have to kind of change it up, but yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's All right. Well, that doesn't surprise me that you kept busy, given that that is what the book is about, Your Secrets to Stamina. You just kept going, finding new ways to get creative, share so much on webinars, um, and then do both the speaking on the road and the webinars for the past year. So totally get it. Um, but we'll definitely be excited for when that next book comes out. Um, we have so many people chatting in our in our Facebook group right now, just thanking you. Um, Renika said, this is great content. Thanks for sharing. This is oh, a great good. reminder to time block. Danielle says, thank you. Um, so thanks so much for, for being a part of your our community today. Um, for those who would like to sort of find out more about you, what's the best way to sort of follow you on social or, or find out more yeah. about you? So yeah, follow me on everything. And, and I know Chrissy can put this out to you, but I'm Cindy underscore Novotny, N-O-V-O-T-N-Y on Instagram. I'm just Cindy Novotny on Facebook. I'm just Cindy Novotny on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, our website is masterconnection.com. Uh, so that's the name of the company is Master Connection Associates. Uh, and um, you can reach out and I do respond. I, re I return every DM. I, I talk to everybody. Our office is 949-589-6137 and feel free to call anytime. Love it. Thank you so much, Cindy. We'll put all of those links in the show notes as well for you guys. Um, but yeah, thanks again. Always Thank a pleasure. You. Thanks for having me and good luck, everybody. Go get them. Thanks.